We have a message again. Welcome to the Millionaire Sonship Live. We do have a message and I just got the title. I just got the title within the last little moment. I knew the stream I was going to go on. He just uh, gave me the, the recap of it and it is walking with God, walking with God, walking with God. And I'm not sure what we think about when we hear to walk with God. And of course, for me myself, I think of Abraham walking with God. We know we have a lot of other instances. I mean, uh, Jesus walked with God. He only did what he saw the Father do. He only said what he heard the Father say. Paul walked with God. Peter walked with God. But I, for some reason, I always think about Father Abraham and how he had to forsake all and, and leave the comfort of home, leave the comfort of what he knew and, and really what he worshipped. He had to forsake all. He had to let go of the old life and follow, follow after the voice of God, follow after the one that gave him the promise and was leading him into Canaan. And so it is amazing, this walk with God that we're now on in Christ. It is obviously a walk that is of the Spirit. It is walking in the truth of the Word of God. This is not just walking with your little feet and just, just kind of walking, just walking any old way you want to walk, just, just to make it from point A to point B. The point A's and the Point B's are predestined by God. We are called into a walk with God that is really off God. It's actually God walking out now a finished work as we submit to his word, as we renew our mind and we conform to his word and do not conform to the ways of the world. So one thing that walking with God looks like for me is being conformed to his word, being transformed in in my mindset. It's having a brand new thought process. It's having an understanding that is not carnal. Having an understanding that is very different from what I used to think before. And of course, for me, because I got born again very radically through, through a night vision, it was a real moment of a shift in my life where up to that moment in my early 20s, whatever I knew, I remember having this revelation at some point after my night vision, after I got born again, that everything I knew up until that moment was a lie. Like the, everything I knew up until my my paradigm, the way I thought, the way I perceived the world, the way I, I thought of death, the way I thought of relationships, the, the way I, I, I had an outlook to my future, Everything changed. It just changed. And, and if it hadn't yet fully shifted in a brand new understanding, I knew it had to shift. I knew it had to change. I knew I couldn't bring the old mindset into this new life because that old man is dead. That old mindset is based on a lie. But when you become born again, born of truth, born of the seed of Abraham, Jesus, the word of God, you now of an imperishable, incorruptible seed that does not, does not fade away, but endures to the end. And so that moment, our thoughts are everlasting thoughts. We are to really bear the image of sonship, thus dominion sonship that the Lord gave me for the ministry. 
dominion sonship. It is a mindset, the very mind of Christ in operation through a vessel here on earth, walking out the call of God, walking with God. And so we have been looking at Hebrews, the chapter, chapter 11, the chapter of faith in the book of Hebrews. And we spend time on Abel. We spend time on Enoch. And last week we really did almost like a, I don't know, 30,000 foot view on, um, or maybe actually no, a real minuscule, like a real detailed breakdown of verse six in chapter 11 of pleasing God, that faith, faith in God pleases God. Faith in the word of God pleases God. And and what did that look like? And the title he gave me last week was rest is to find your life. And so we looked at some verses in the gospel about forsaking your old life. If you want to follow your good shepherd, you have to lay down your life. And that looks like losing the old life and finding your new life in Christ. That is what walking with God is. Finding a new life in God, which really looks like faith because we walk out this faith walk by communing with him, by allowing his lead to lead us alone. And so we looked last week at that verse six and, and let's go to the book of John and we're queuing it up to, I'm believing to start talking on Noah, which is verse seven. If we go to John 12, this is how we finished last week's message. John 12, 23. Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Walking with God. To know the seasons and the times of our lives that have been marked out by God. The point A's and the point B's. You see, when you are one with God, the word is your discerner now. And the word is bringing forth a revelation knowledge for you to know your times, for you to know your call, for you to know that which really you have been made for, to demonstrate the very glory of the living God on earth. The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified, Jesus said. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Walking with God is knowing your purpose. Walking with God is knowing your purpose, and your purpose really defines these seasons. So his purpose was here, he demonstrates, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But what did Jesus come to do? To be the firstborn among many brethren. Not alone. Therefore, he had to die to bear fruit. If it dies, it produces much grain. We're part of that grain now in the body of Christ. What a great harvest for Jesus. 
And so we walk in these footsteps of our master. We walk in these leads of the Holy Spirit that have already predetermined our seasons and times, and they are only for glory, by the way. It is only to demonstrate the glory of the Lord. And that's what Jesus says in, in John further down, that he now, let's find it since I'm talking about it. In chapter 17, Jesus says, he looks to heaven. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, this is John 17, 1. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. See, these hours that we're in, though they might look like an outer death, they're really to release a divine glory. And so no matter what we go through, these momentary afflictions that seem, that seem to us longer than just a moment, they're just a moment. They're working a far greater weight of what? Suffering? No, glory. And so we are glory releasers. We are demonstration of the glory of God. And this is what walking with God looks like. Walking with God looks like God be seen in my life. And so if we continue, he who loves his life would lose. This is what walking with God looks like. He who loves his life would lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Walking with God looks like forsaking of a death reality, of a short-term carnal pleasure. To gain Christ, to walk out eternal divine wisdom, by coming out, out of every snare, by coming out of every moment of affliction triumphantly. Triumphantly. What did Jesus do down in the pit of hell? Walking with God. He triumphed over every power and principality. He raised again. He resurrected out of that that really what to mankind up until that moment was the end point, point of no return, and he conquered it. He, his dominion, the might and the dominion of God arose with him by the power of the Holy Ghost and rose him out because he was without sin. But he took that sin for us so we can now have this ability to walk with God. To know that we are glory releasers, to know that we are God's glory demonstrators, not about us anymore, but it's about the one, the one Christ who lives in us. What is our hope of glory? We, we quote so many of these verses I'm, I'm really touching. And it's right, right from here, right from here. Walking with God is from your spirit man. It is a revelation walked out. It is dominion on earth demonstrated, not just thought. And, and, and quoting the verses, I have authority, I have in Jesus, I have Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We all start there. But we are after maturity. And maturity looks like this purposeful walk in God, with God. 
And this, this really last week choked me up. I, I, I couldn't even read it. I was so overwhelmed. If anyone serves me, verse 26, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. This is it. What does it look like to walk with God? This verse to me demonstrates it. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. Let him follow me. Did Enoch follow him? Did Abel follow him? Did Paul follow him? Did Moses follow him up to the mountain? Did Joshua follow him? Yes. And you and I will follow him as well. Up to the Mount of Transfiguration. Where solely Jesus be seen in our lives. And all of it looks like a mind renewal. It is forsaking, letting go, losing an old life. And he even just the verse before said, he who hates his life in the world. Do you have no affinity? If, if anything, you actually have a disdain to the worldly life. Oh my. What kind of a revelation? What kind of a conviction, what kind of a life with God, in God, a walk with God? How one are you with God to have a disdain to an earthly, like a worldly, not earthly, a worldly lifestyle? Do you have no attraction that you don't long for it? Like Lot's wife longed. Student was mesmerized by the destruction that was in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. Mesmerized by destruction. Why would you look back and be mesmerized by destruction? Because of a lack of a revelation. That you are now walking with God. That you are now purposed. Every hour, every season is, is, is shaped by the divine purpose. And so he says in 26, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. So you can't follow two masters. You're just singular. You yourself. Me, Desi, I can't follow two leaders. If there's two walking in front of me, I got to make a choice. This is very simple. Like the little sheep following the shepherd. They know their shepherd. If there's three, four sh shepherds in that sheep pen, they call the sheep. I'll tell you, the sheep are going to go after their own little shepherd. They can only follow one. <laughs> we can't, we can't dabble in this and a little bit of that. And, oh, God gets it. Oh, God, 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 God knows I live in a fallen world. Yeah, but he placed you in this fallen world for you to demonstrate the conquest that he gave us over this fallen world to be of good cheer because he has already overcome the world. At this moment, we might not even touch Noah. <laughs> it's all right. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, where he is. You see, when you follow him, like we said, a little sheep can only follow one shepherd. They can't just split themselves in half. And this half is going to follow. I mean, this is basic elementary, but I don't know what we think sometimes. Actually, I think sometimes we really think we can dissect ourselves. 
and follow many doctrines and say yes to this and yes to that and yes. We are to say yes to the one who has said yes to us through his word. I've said this story before, but one of my kids, when he was really little, 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 and um, we have, of course, a European background, and my husband has two European countries. His mom and dad are from different European countries, and my parents are from one. And um, so my son was asking me one day, he would have been maybe less than two or maybe even two years old, which part of me is German, which part of me is Dutch, which is my arm German and is my leg Bulgarian. And, and you know, and I think, I th of course, it was, it's a cute little story that we still talk about. And, but how we can reason things? How we can reason things? Hey? That I can, I can be uh, in the world with one foot. This foot is good for the world, but this other one is for the kingdom of God. This arm serves God, but this arm is for Satan. Which we don't even think of my flesh, to gratify my flesh. Which, which, which at that moment, Satan is right there. Because the armor he trusts is my flesh. And so you see the progression, the progression of this verse. I mean, we can spend days <laughs> here. He who loves his life will lose it. It's not maybe you'll lose it. If you love your worldly life, it's an assurance. Do you believe that Jesus is the truth? Do you believe that there's no shadow of turning in his word? Do you believe that this word is true? Do you believe that there's not a lie, that he's not a man that he should lie? Do you believe the word of God? Well, it is literal, literal. It is literal. I tell that it is literal, Desi. It's not subject to my own little interpretation based on how I feel and what the popular opinion is, even in the local church. What doctrine is most popular? Jesus says in the book of John that he who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And again, we can't follow two masters. We can't serve two masters. And where, this is it. Where I am walking with God. Where I am, there my servant will be also. So this then, if we believe the first part of being truth and not subject to my own little personal, personal emotional interpretation, then I have to believe that what he says, where he is, because I've forsaken the old life, then I am there as well. So then there's no more, I want to see God. I want to see you. Where are you, God? Why am I not hearing from you today, God? He's saying I'm right here. <laughs> where he is. He says, where I am, there my servant will be also. Why? Because you're following closely. Closely. You're his follower. The little sheep are found by the shepherd. Right there. 
right there. Where I am, there my servant will be also, if anyone serves me. And this is, it's really, really impacted me. If anyone serves me. And he qualified what serving looks like. Following him. Being with him. Him, my father, will honor. Him, my father, will honor. And so this is the walk with God is where God honors us. It's not a put down moment. God is not our condemner. When you walk with God, he's honoring you. Do you believe what he says? And this right here flushes out the condemnation. This right here flushes out all the doubt and unbelief that God doesn't like me, that I messed up again and again. And, and I, 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 I don't know what goes through people's minds because I don't really deal with those things very often. If ever of late, no. But he says, if anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Do you know what this looks like? Let's go to the book of Revelation chapter 12. I said last week that I'll use two examples to, in the word of God to demonstrate this. But let's go to Revelations 12, which I, I will, I want to. Uh, the book of Revelations 12 verse 11, we quote, we tend to quote the first two parts of this verse rather than the latter part. Because the latter part is unless the kernel falls to the ground and dies, he'll bear no fruit. There'll be no harvest. There'll be no gain. And they overcame him. Who is they? These are the saints. These are the saints in verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice. This is John writing the book of Revelation uh, 12, 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength. Do you believe this? And the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him, this accuser, the one that condemns, the one that is dishonoring you. You have to identify. You don't follow a voice that dishonors you. That's not your father's voice. It's the accuser's voice. And we said we can't follow the one that honors us and the one that accuses us at the same time, right? And they overcame him by the, what is it? By the blood of the lamb, through this mighty salvation of this righteous mindset that the blood of Christ has consecrated for us a brand new way. To be with God, to be one with God, to be found in the very presence of our living God. And by the word of their testimony, by our bold witness for Christ, that he indeed is God's savior to the world, that he indeed is the son of God. This proclamation of the gospel is the word of our testimony. And this is it. They did not love their lives to the death. They did not love their lives to the death. We might not know every 
part of the call of God, and, and often we don't. Because we have to walk it out by faith. But one thing we know is God is love. And he is to be trusted. So I don't fully can tell you what the rest of my day will be. Or next year. But I can assure you I will be in the plan of God. And his plan for me is good. It's not to harm me. But to edify me. To increase me in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That I walk in his love more and more and more. And there's a verse in Philippians I want to look at after. But before that verse, let's go to Daniel. And this is, I think I mentioned, I did a message back um, May 30th, I believe, in uh, 2021, titled Stay on Top. And um, I spoke a bit more extensively on it, so this is more of a little mention. It's Daniel chapter 3, and this is the friends of Daniel. Daniel's friends, the Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I said the names right, guys. I said the names right. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they are in a predicament. And the predicament is really a snare that many of us find ourselves even right now. Who do we bow our knee to? Whom do we worship? Whom do we honor? Whom do we submit to, right? This is a daily, a daily, moment by moment, a place of reckoning oneself dead. Thou not serve the old carnal flesh and the systems of the world that have exalted themselves above the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, whether in my mind or physically. But I am to, in my mind, bring every thought down and, and, and recognize I'm a new creation. And in this new creation, I serve God alone. I trust his word alone. I walk by faith alone. And if it costs me my life, I'm gaining eternal life. And this is what these, these young men, I don't know what their ages were, Daniel's friends had to face if they did not bow to the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had exalted, the golden image, and worship that stature, worship the glitter of the world, then it was going to cost them their lives. So let's go verse Let's say uh, chapter 3, verse 12. There are certain, so this is now um, being told on the accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren, this is what it sounds like. There are certain, they, they go to the authorities. It says, there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, these men, O king. And these usually accusers are the ones that tend to be your, your little buddies. Because they know the inner workings of your life. So you have to guard your relationships. You have to guard and you have to walk in discernment in this hour. Trusting God alone. And so these, these came and said, oh king, there's, there's three men. These men, oh king, have not paid due regard. They haven't paid due regard to you. They haven't paid due regard to your decree, oh king. 
They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. And then Nebuchadnezzar was enraged. He was in fury and gave a command to bring these young men to him. He says, is it true in verse, is it true? Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods, that you don't bow to my decree, that you don't worship the gold image that I've set up, the statues I've set up, you're disobeying them. And it brought a fury and a rage to this king. Now, if you're ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, and there was really pretty music that went with it. That made you just kind of dull your senses. Oh, just bow. It's a pretty music. Just bow then quickly. God does, the God gets it. Mm -mm. Deadly. You gotta hate your life in the world. Isn't that what he said? Hate in terms of like not, not regard it, not, not, um, embellish it, not give in to it. Don't yield to the temptations that are found in the world. Not to hate your own personal life because you're called on a mission for Jesus. And so he said, now if you're ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, right? At the time that you hear the sound of the, of the, of the horn, he's preparing them. It's, it's very easy. It's very easy. Just, just do, just follow my instruction. It's very easy. It's one, two, three, very easy. And then you get to live. That's it. Just that. Sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre, and Sautry in symphony, in symphony, these decrees, they come in symphony. This music comes in symphony from different instruments with all kinds of music. And you fall down and you worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be. If you do not worship, now we're getting serious, buddy. We're getting serious, three boys. If you don't do this nice little thing for me, it will cost you. If you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Meaning there's no power that can deliver you from my evil decree. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, I love it. This is what we said is... This is where Revelations 12, 11 comes in, what we just read from John 12, unless a kernel falls to the ground and dies. You got to reckon your life dead in Christ. And now we're alive to God alone. It doesn't matter how it goes for you from point A to B as you are led. You're God's. You're God's possession. You're God's possession. You're Christ's now. You're of him now. You're born again. You are to demonstrate the glory of the living God. And it looks like not bowing the knee to the worldly life and taking it as they're dishing it out to you. Oh, you have a say-so in Christ no to the world, and yes to Jesus. Very simple, but it is a sober decision-making process. Because that moment, you are making this decision that these guys are making right here. So they answered the king and said, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. I mean, we don't, we, you, can, you, you, you don't have to butter us up. We've already decided we're not bowing. 
If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, he said, we're not going to love our lives. We're not going to be in self-preservation mode here. What did Revelation 12, 11 say? The tale went, and they did not love their lives to the death. That's what they were saying here. If not, let it be known to you, O king. Even if we die, O king, I'm not going to love my life to preserve it from, from this death. You got to know, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. See the context? The context is, you know whom you serve. You know whom you serve. You know whom you have believed. And I did a dominion talk. Yeah, I did a dominion talk just now about knowing what you believe. Knowing whom you serve. Knowing whom you believe in. Now let's go to the book of Acts, the second example. Acts 21. This is Paul, the apostle Paul. The same thing. We don't seem to relate to these stories like that, but they're the same thing. And in everyone, Peter, all of them had to walk this way. We know James was beheaded. This is Paul in Caesarea. He just come to Caesarea. And um, actually, let's do eight. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist. They came into a godly man's home who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Now this man, so 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 Paul was in the God, God context, right? With his companions in the godly man's home. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. The Lord is giving discernment and disclosing the next moment of Paul's time. The hour has come, right? So the Holy Spirit is, is demonstrating that there will be something unpleasant coming down the pipelines. Look at the response of the immature versus Paul's response. Now when we heard these things, both we and those from the, that place pleaded with him not to go to Jerusalem. Disobey God, Paul. Just disobey God. Stay with us here, the God little group. Disobey God, Paul. Bow the knee to this symphony. Because God, he's going to go to Rome and witness to Caesar. Display the glory of God in jail. Display the glory of God in that boat ride, in the tempest, in that ship. And proclaim an angel stood by me in that, in that Acts 27. An angel stood by me to this, this night and declared victory to him. That they're not going to die. 
I said, it will be exactly as God has said to me. And so here, Paul is in the moment, totally unmoved. I read this for myself to be totally unmoved because I have one persuasion. I walk with God. I am accountable to God. I will give an account to the deeds done in the flesh. Did I shy away from a hard moment? Did I shy away from something I had to confront? Did I shy away and stay cozy and comfortable and hide behind the pillow until the storm passes by? When I was supposed to speak to that storm, be still. Accountable to God were those Hebrew boys. And accountable to God was Paul. Look, Paul, what he says. And this is, again, an example of what we read. What did we read in Revelations 12? The tale end. Did not love their lives to the death. That is what? That is what walking with God looks like. And really, this is the moment that we should be amplifying right now. No compromise where the gospel of Christ is concerned. No compromise to my life in Christ. I follow my good shepherd and where he is, I am. And when I serve him, my heavenly father honors me. And it's what he said about that moment in, in John 12 about serving him. That's how good he is because faith pleases him. And so they told him, don't go, don't go. Paul answered, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? You don't like people crying on your shoulder. Breaking my heart, he said. There's a lot of emotional tug right now. But what you do is of the spirit in obedience to the word of God. And don't allow the unrenewed soul, the carnal mind, to shut out a lid of the Holy Spirit. For I am ready, he said, I am ready not only to be bound. <laughs> For I am ready not only to be bound. That's what saucy looks like. That's what it looks like to know you're a follower of Christ. I'm not afraid. That's what it looks like to walk with God. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not intimidated by persecution. For I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when he would not be persuaded. Can you imagine? They took time to persuade him. From every corner and every angle. Maybe this would work, maybe. To hinder you from the call of God. After they realized they could not be that he could not be persuaded. Why? Because he was fully persuaded by his God. Full persuasion. This is what we've been talking about over really a year and a half. This persuasion of faith. What it looks like. It looks like what Abel did to give a most excellent sacrifice. It looks like what 
Enoch did to walk with God and to be found no more by the world. It looks like what Jesus did to lay down his life for you and for me. It looks like what Apostle Paul is doing in this moment. What Abraham did. What Moses did. What Joshua did to lead, to lead this army of grumblers they were into the promised land. So when he could not be persuaded, we ceased. We ceased. Even Luke himself, who wrote the book of Acts, he was engaged in this propaganda. <laughs> hold back, hold back. Calm down, Paul, calm down, tone it down. You don't want to die. Preserve your life. We see saying, the will of the Lord be done. And so at the end of your moment, you always come back to this, the will of the Lord be done in my life. And we know what happens thereafter. We know what happens thereafter. Let's go to now. Yeah, Jeremiah. Let's do Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1.17. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet that really, I don't think anyone really heard him in his lifetime. And yet it was Daniel who found the scroll of Jeremiah when they were in captivity in Babylon. He realized 70 years had already passed. It was time to pray for them to go back to Israel. So this, this scroll here, we see Jeremiah chapter 117, what God commands Jeremiah, knowing what's ahead for Jeremiah, that he'll be highly resisted, greatly persecuted, never understood. Therefore, prepare yourself and rise and speak to them all that I command you. You see, because we serve one master alone. We fear God alone and we don't fear man. Do not be dismayed before their faces, lest I, look at this, lest I dismay you before them. Unless you take your stand before God, you'll be minimized in their sight. So be bold today. Be bold today. And here he continues now to talk about the purpose of God in Jeremiah. For behold, I have made you this day a fortified city. I read this over myself. I have made you this day a fortified city in an iron pillar and bronze wall against the whole land. Against the whole land. Right there, we get a preview to what Jeremiah was about to experience. The whole land was going to be against him. The whole land was going to be against him. Because that's why God fortified him. The call of God fortifies you today. When you walk with God, you're walking in the solidity of God. In this bronze wall, in this fire, in, in this divine protection. No man can touch you in the call of God. That's why, the you know, though the ship was destroyed in a shipwreck with, with Paul crossing over to Rome, his life was preserved in the life of those who sailed with him. You are preserving agents to all those that sail 
deal with you. Don't compromise on the call of God. There is safety in that call. And all of this is part of walking by faith. Not looking at the outer appearance and be dismayed. Because you're standing before God. Has made you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar, a bronze wall against the whole land. Look at this, against the kings of Judah. And these are part of the lineage of whom? David. They were set up there. They were part of that, what God spoke to David because David was a, was a man after God's own heart. He said, the throne, that scepter will not depart from David's lineage. Out of David came the Messiah. So all these kings that really came against the prophets of God were carrying something precious. They didn't know it. They could have known it. They refused to know it. But Jeremiah chose to know it. Paul the Apostle chose to know it. Daniel and those three Hebrew rows chose to discern the call of God on their life. They're carrying something very precious. You and I today in Christ carry something very precious. And that is what God honors, is this mighty call of glory. We'll finish with this verse and then we'll continue next week. He said, it's against the kings of Judah. Means all the kings of Judah were, were going to be against him, and we know they were. Against his princes means all the princes were going to be against the call of God, and we know they were. Against the priests, and we knew that too. We knew that too, how he was persecuted from the religious re leaders. Against the people of the land, they'll fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. No matter what comes against you, whether it's government or religious institution, God said to Jeremiah, and he says it to us in Christ, they can fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you. I'm walking this out with you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. To deliver you today. And so today know that in your walk with God, in your walk in God, there is a preservation. You are preserved and you without fault, without a falter, without a blemish, you are in Christ, his most precious possession. And so be blessed today. And thank you for joining me again on this. What? Life, dominion, sonship coming to you every Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Thank you. We are done.